Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, May the 29th in 2020 on When Our Eyes. We're in year A and it's the day of Pentecost Sunday liturgy for the week. And on Fridays we like to cover the gospel text for the week. And so we will round the week out in the gospel of John again. We'll go to John chapter 20 verses 19 through 23. This is one of those post-resurrection stories with Jesus and his disciples. And as we think about the Holy Spirit this week on the day of Pentecost, uh, Jesus invites his friends into the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and also the outworking of the Holy Spirit. So we'll read that passage and I'll provide a couple points of reflection. Then we'll spend some time talking about what it means and then a time of prayer this morning so that we can face our day uh, with God in mind and with have meditated on the scriptures. So thanks for making this party morning on Winter Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you, forgive, if you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the word of God for us. Author Lou Smead says that one of the most reoccurring and unfortunate jokes that are played upon the human being is that we can have such vivid memories of our past but have zero power to do anything about it. And we see this in particular when we look at uh, some of the faults that we've committed, the things that have happened because of us or to us, and perhaps the judgment and the shame that lingers after these past experiences. I think it's um, no, um, no, no difficult thing to imagine that uh, most individuals and most human communities throughout all human history have tried to find a way to deal with the pain that we carry with us from our past into our present and that we don't want to repeat into our future. So how do we get over these things? How do we move on beyond the shame? How do we prevent ourselves from uh, trying to retaliate and feel, feel like that's the only way to respond when something's been done to us? How do we move on uh, from the, the constant uh, reminder of the things that we've done and the shame that we continue to heap on ourselves thinking that's the only way to pay for these things. I think this is where the Christian gospel is revolutionary. And what I love about the way John writes about it is that he brings some of these issues uh, to the surface. Note first in verse 19 that when Jesus appears to his disciples in this passage, it's on the evening of the first day of the week. And so John always does creative things with the days of the week. And what we see here is that one of the first things that's important to John as he's shaping his community around the experience of Jesus is that the first conversation that Jesus had with his disciples was a part of their mission and a part of their commitment towards one another. You'll notice the mood in the room that the, his uh, disciples were hidden in a room, the doors were locked, but Jesus slips in and they were afraid. They were afraid because they were in league with Jesus whom the Jewish leaders had prosecuted. And so they were wondering what was going to happen next. Notice that Jesus offers a peace. He says, peace be with you. And 
Uh, I think we use the term peace rather loosely in our culture, but in their culture, uh, Jesus, this is a creative word. Uh, Jesus says, shalom, peace to you. And what he meant by that is not just a peaceful feeling inside of your heart, but imagine a day when all broken things are mended, uh, a fully orbed shalom when God restores all things. Experience that in this moment right now. It may not be happening all around us totally, but you can have a choice today to experience that peace right now. And John says that Jesus showed his hands and his side to his disciples. The post-resurrection body of Jesus still had the marks of his suffering. But what's different is that these marks, the marks in his hands, the mark in his side, no longer bleeds. And perhaps that is the vision of a redeemed human being is that we may still have wounds, but they no longer bleed. They're no longer something that we have to address again and again. Jesus shows us a picture of what a fully alive, fully functioning, healthy human being looks like. Yes, we might still have wounds, but they don't bleed on us and they don't bleed on other people. So Jesus gives them a commission. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I send you. We see a window into who God is. God is ascending God. He is the missio dei, as theologians say. God is ascending God. He sent Jesus into the world, and then Jesus sends us. And so he gives a commission to his disciples on this first day. Please be at peace. Overcome your fear. Uh, f- realize that if you have u- wounds deep within your body, that those wounds can reach a state of transformation where they no longer bleed, but you can be healthy and whole. And then in the last part of this passage, he breathes upon them. Uh, Holy Spirit, or the term for spirit, both in the Hebrew Old Testament and the Greek New Testament is the word for breath and life. And so he breathes upon them this this interesting metaphorical image of receive the life that only God can give you. And then he says this, forgive others. You can uh, bestow a certain depth of forgiveness. Um, There's a certain way to relate with one another now in the body of Christ. And it is the way of forgiveness. And these verses have perplexed people. Different parts of the body of Christ interpret them different ways. But Jesus says among you, as you relate with one another, there's going to be an economy of forgiveness. I think this is, he gives us a a picture of reality. Even in the body of Christ, we're still going to hurt and wound one another. But how we get out of the retaliation and the self-shame and the self-judgment and the harsh critiques of one another is that there is a process of forgiveness. Forgiveness is obviously uh, very nuanced. It's multifaceted. Not one occasion forgiveness matches another. But Jesus gives, he implores us to be people who seek forgiveness. And um, what we see as we think about the Holy Spirit being poured out, out upon the body of Christ is that as we deal in the disruptions in our relationship with one another, we need to pray for the wisdom to forgive one another so that we can have these wounds uh, that are maybe present, but they're no longer ones that we need to address again and again. And we can envision the multi-orbed peace that God is trying to establish in the world. So it begins with us to be people of forgiveness. And so I just want to pray a short prayer this morning is that God would teach us the way of forgiveness. It's a difficult way. No one occasion is like the other. Perhaps we'd be open to how God would lead us into the way of forgiveness. So let's spend some time praying this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I thank you today that you brought us into a brand new family, and I thank you that there are just uh, just volumes and volumes of potential with the body of Christ and with your plan. God, we thank you that we've encountered you this morning through the scripture, that you're ascending God. 
that you send us in mission into the world. And part of that mission is to imagine a fully orbed peace in the world around us. God, we wake up to harsh realities. We have realities deep within us and uh, even in our communities and our families and our churches where there is disruption, there's upheaval, there's broken relationships. Uh, there's an unwillingness to, to reason with one another. And so, God, we thank you in the midst of all of that that you give us a mechanism to hear the gospel fresh and new, that there is a pardon, that there is a forgiveness that you implore us as the people of God to embody. So, God, this day I pray for any uh, relationships in our lives that are out of sort. I pray uh, if there's uh, been a flare-up this week, if there's been a disagreement this week, if there's been a stomping out of the room or a name-calling event in any live, any of our relationships in our webs of networks, God, that uh, that wouldn't have the last e- event of the relationship. But God, I pray that you might help us to reason with one another. And even if that means that we settle and we go separate ways, uh, but that's the peace that we seek. God, I just pray that there would be a settling among the body of Christ. God, we need to learn a new way of discourse in our culture. There seems to be a shouting past one another instead of reasoning together. So Lord, I pray that you'd send the church out to be, to be people of a different way, that uh, we would have a different word and a different revelation. And so God, I pray that if we find ourselves in, in heated boardrooms, if we find ourselves in the midst of family disputes, if we find ourselves um, at odds with our neighbors, God, I pray that your church would be different and that we would uh, be merciful and that that mercy would lead to transformation and restoration and, and hope in our streets. And so God, allow the gospel to shape us again, allow it to form our hearts and minds and allow, us, allow it to have us to respond to be a forgiving people and a merciful people. I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.